following is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talking Buds podcast. It is the Talking Buds podcast. It's the Talking Buds podcast, folks. Talking Buds podcast. Season two, Talking Buds podcast. Let's go. All he's got to do is get in the weight room and, oh, baby, he'll be a good pro in no time. Good pro. Stinks. Absolutely stinks. Stanley Cup? How about let's just run around? What a dummy. You just know that Babs was looking to see if there was any gas left in the tank of that good pro. This, 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 this is the Talking Buds Podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win. Yeah, LABB, who we running with? Yeah, two, two, three. That is right. We are back. Talking Buds podcast. I feel like I say this every week because I do say it every week, Ryan, but no shortage of things to get into and discuss. One of the beauties of only doing one show a week is that we never run out of things to talk about. We just finished watching the Leafs. Hard-fought loss, buddy. Hard-fought loss. They deserved a better fate in tonight's 3-2 defeat at the hands of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, it was. I thought they played a great first, man. I was really happy with their first. They had spurts in the second, kind of ran out of gas in the third, but they had tons of chances. My mind was all over the place watching this hockey game tonight. Like, some shifts, I was so proud of the way they're playing, and then some other shifts, I'm just looking at the Blues being like, look at these guys, just all good hockey players. No superstars, no egos, good blue line, solid goaltending, a bunch of solid hockey players make a really good hockey team. And it frustrates me a little bit. Yeah. Um, Before we uh, dive deeper into this game, let's just brush over the two games that they played before this one. Um, Since we last spoke, they had a 4-1 win last Friday night over the Columbus Blue Jackets in which the offense completely took over. That's really all that needs to be said about that one. And then, Ryan, Saturday night, a 6-5 shootout loss to the Montreal Canadiens the Leafs blowing a 4-1 lead in the third period um two things one this started the narrative of same old same old as how many times in the last few years have we watched the Leafs blow leads like that especially in a short amount of time and Kasperi Kapanen was the whipping boy for Pretty much all of yesterday and then today into the game tonight. Did you see the play where he threw his stick, which resulted in the penalty shot? Yeah, it was road hockey stuff. Like, what are you doing? That's what I do in yeah. road hockey. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's had a tough start to the year. Like, there's there's no brutal about it. It's been brutal. Yeah. He's been yeah. brutal, and he's not just a guy coming up from the Marlies anymore. It's like, dude, you're you're expected to do something. What was your reaction when they blew the 4-1 lead? It brought me back down to earth a little bit after the two wins against Columbus and Ottawa. And I know Columbus and Ottawa aren't top of the NHL hockey teams, but it it brought me back down to earth a little bit. I thought all the Canadians' goals were kind of scrambly and I don't want to say fluky, but kind of not just kind of random goals. I felt bad for Hutchison to be honest with you. Cause I really wanted that one for him. We talked about it last episode, throwing him in for that game and they did it. And I thought he was pretty good until man, there was it 13 minutes left in the third. They just imploded imploded just watching. And it, it I know. And I said the the Montreal goals were scrambly, but you look at some of the, you watch back some of the shifts, and because I, I had to rewatch it because it all happened so quickly, and like the standing around, it's like, oh boys, you're up four one. It's not over yet. You're not the goats yet. Like it's let, early like, in the chill. season. It's early in the season, so I'll give them a break. Being that they were in Columbus the night before, and they might have just ran out of gas. 
Um, I'm glad you mentioned the Hutchison thing because I, I do not agree with those who I saw on Saturday night and social media ripping into the guy. When you play, and we'll talk about this later on um, in the show when we go in depth in the St. Louis game, but when you play the sketchy, um, standing around pylon style defense that the Leafs play more often than not, you hang your goalie out to dry. And the job of a backup goalie is to not steal you wins. It's to keep you in the game. And I thought he did that and they hung him out to dry in the third period. So I totally disagree with anyone whose take is that Hutchison stunk on Saturday night. That just that just isn't true, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I see it as a team that just, I, I just watching them. It's like they got a little high on themselves going up 4-1. Like, they looked around at each other and went, damn, we're pretty good. And then 10 minutes later, you weren't so good. And it's just – but it's the Leafs and Canadians, man. Like, the Canadians are always going to get up to play the Leafs, especially with the Leafs being the team that is supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender and the Habs are just kind of like – Ah, bubble playoff team. Habs aren't a bad team, man. They're pretty good. They're not bad. And they showed it on Saturday night. So I got to be honest with you. Ever since we started doing the pod, I try to be a more objective fan now. I Less emotional, kind of sit on the sidelines and just be like really analytical while I'm watching. But I'm sorry. That all goes out the window when I look at Max Domi's smug face. I yeah, yeah, he's, would yeah, oh, yeah. love to take my stick and ram it through that guy's mouth. He <laughs> is a little punk. Yeah, he, Cannot he, knows, he knows what he's doing. Him. He knows what Can't, he's doing. Him and his turncoat dad can't stand either one of them yeah he knows what he's get doing, out man. of here i know i know he i kind of like him for that reason though like he's a guy you could easily just hate watch and he gets oh, under no, your don't, skin. don't get me wrong his chirp of Kapanen is hilarious i just know if i was on the leafs he'd get under my skin oh yeah like he's he, just exactly got, he's, i know he's got it, you're right he's it's got one of those faces face. he's one of the yeah. ugliest human beings i've ever seen yeah. in my entire life yeah and he's got one of those faces. smiles yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got one of those faces where I can tell you right now, I would 100% take a stupid penalty and punch him right in the face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I yeah. feel that for sure. Ugh. Just or like two-hander to the back of the legs. Yeah. Like when, when he's standing in front of the net. 100%. Oh, yeah. Any, anyways, yeah. Let's 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 get this back on the rails here. I, 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 I was concerned after Saturday night as well. You know, like we had two days to think about it, and I just... Because they looked incredible on Friday against Columbus, and you're just like, oh my god, here we go again. It's the same old, same old. Like, how many times last year did this team get behind or and then have to score their way back or reverse, blow a four-goal lead like they did the other night, three, four-goal lead because they just go to sleep defensively, so... That brings us into the game tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets defending Stanley Cup champions. Ryan, before the game started, I noticed that the fourth line was Nick Patan, Freddie the Goat, and Jason Spezza. Oh, yeah. Shocked Nikki, by this. Nicky Patan getting a shot. Shocked by this. You know what? I Good for Babcock for throwing him in there because it's like you, you got to keep Nick Shore in here. Like, come on, man. Ryan, it's Babcock. He's when you know we you know how he gets when he loves somebody. And there was a whole rumor towards the end of camp there that Babs like freaked out on Nick Patan and told him to get off the ice. Wow. Wow. Well, I thought I thought that? the fourth line was de- ha- they were okay. Like you can't say they were great. They weren't on the ice enough, but for what they did for the amount of ice time they had, it I thought they were okay. All right, so the game starts not not the most eventful first period, quite frankly. Both teams like there were good chances on either side. Kerfoot had a good chance early. Ryan, I have here on my notes at fifteen oh two of the first period. William Nylander had his first clean zone entry of the night. Oh yeah, I thought the he fir- had a lot of them tonight. I actually thought the first period was a very like it was uneventful in terms of like no goals were scored. But I you thought know, that's what I meant. I thought the pace and both teams going like. And and the Blues kind of dominated for about five minutes, and then the Leafs just turned it on, man. They were flying, and they had so many chances, so many. Yeah. Matt, yeah, the uh, about the ten minute mark, Matthews had a nice breakaway chance on a nice little 
uh, like backhand pass there from Mango, and Bennington stoned him, and then Nylander got the rebound. Actually, no, Matthews shot it wide, and then Nylander got the rebound, and Bennington stoned him. And then Leafs go to the power play at 538. Don't, again, more good chances. Jordan Bennington's a good goalie. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy that they it's crazy that they just found him out of nowhere last year, and he took them to a Stanley Cup. And most of the time with guys like that, you're waiting for them in their second year to sort of come crashing back down to earth, and he was great again tonight. Yeah, I had, I had a feeling after the first. I'm like, this guy is going to have one of those nights. He's a Richmond Hill boy. His family's probably there. He's just going to have one of those nights. In that Scotiabank arena where he just stops everything. First period ends, uh, nothing, nothing. Leafs leading in shots, fifteen to seven. I have uh, here a pretty dominant period for the Leafs. Um, second period starts. Kerfoot gets a good chance, sets up Kapanen for a one timer, stoned by Binnington. And then eleven thirty of the first, Oscar Sundquist blasts one by Freddie, one oh. nothing St. Louis. Four, I I oh. start getting worried because I see the fourth lines on the ice, and I'm like, oh Dude. god, Jason Spezza is never going to see the ice again. Now it's been on like his minus one. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. That goal that Freddie let in off Sundquist, I hated that goal. I hated that goal. And usually I'm a Freddie Anderson apologist. But that goal, like I, he can't be doing stuff like that, man. Like that, that was a just a measly slap shot that he completely whiffed on. And it's like, dude, your team is flying tonight, and they needed you just to make the saves that you could make, and you just had to let that one in. And I know he's been amazing, but sometimes, like, I'm starting to get a little sick of the odd softy he he lets in, man. I know it's early. He didn't have his uh, he didn't have his best. Game no, tonight. I know, but I know it's early. But this is something we've seen over the past couple of years. Like sometimes he just lets in a a goal that just snaps all the momentum, and and I don't know if I could stand up for him if he lets in goals like that anymore. Like I hated that goal, man. It was brutal. I did not like it at all. Yeah, I didn't like it either. It's it, th- those are ones that you have to have. Like it wasn't top shelf. Angle. Like he's it was a com- short no, side, but like in between his yeah. glove and pad, and he he just whiffed on it. Like he didn't even get yeah, a piece of it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even a good chance. No, coming on a down fourth the line yeah. against the fourth line. Like, oh man, that was a killer. But like I just said, Ryan. So the fourth line's on the ice. The Blues score. I'm all worried. I'm like, Spezza's never going to see the ice again. But just over three minutes later, Spezza. Battling out front of the net, keeps the puck alive. Freddie the Goat again comes and bangs in the rebound. His second of the year. Leafs make it 1-1. Yeah, it was a hell of a bat out of the air for Spezza. Just just a right place, right time for Freddie the Goat. And then, Ryan, 24 seconds later, William Nylander with another just breathtaking zone entry. Pass to Mango, pass to CeCe, back to Nylander. Dangles Jordan Bennington in the net. 2-1 Leafs. Ryan, this is a contender for... Like, when we're looking at the Leaf highlights at the end of this season of all the best plays, this goal will be on one of them. This was a beautiful goal by William Nylander. I, I, the beauty passing between Mango and CeCe, too, and Nylander. I was impressed with just how the tic-tac-toe. And Nylander finally has the... Nylander actually cut... To Ryan. go to the net, I was like, Ryan. man, this guy is, must be feeling it if he's willing to cut towards the net because that's not a very Willie Nylander thing to do. Ryan, William Nylander was excellent tonight. Yeah, yeah. Tonight no, no was doubt. the best game he's played in two years. But just he watch. excellent tonight. Watch the difference in his legs once he, once he scores a goal in a hockey game. Like, it is just like a flip of the switch as soon as that guy pots a goal he is four checking he's first in on pucks he's he's pumped up and it's like willie i need this from you every night but man he's actually been pretty good this season he was great tonight you're right i know you remember this because you texted me about it but not long after that i i have here the leafs have their legs back after scoring two goals there was a point in the second period where matthews marner tavares riley and barry were all on the ice and they were dominating hemming the blues in so much so that it forced a penalty on tavares as he got clipped with a stick at 338 left in the second just on like 
utter domination. When was the last time you saw a Leaf team dominate like that in the offensive zone? Man, that's why I texted you. I was like, finally, they have a shift where they hem a team in. All last year, man, it seemed like they never hemmed anyone in. It was always the one and done dump into the corner or try to deke through two guys and get poke checked to see them actually have some zone time where they're cycling the puck and kind of playing more of a heavy style. Cause I find heavy in the offensive zone to be a cycle game where you just wear down the other team from them just constantly chasing you around. So it was just, man, it was a breath of fresh air to finally see them hem a team in for once and that's why this like this game, that's why I, even though they lost tonight, I'm okay with it because I got to see things like that. And that things I, I haven't seen those types of things in the last two years. So when I see them hemming it in hem in the Stanley Cup champions, like I'm about it, man. You just have this moment when you're watching it where you're like, Oh my god, the Leafs are hemming a team in right now. I know. And like know. aggressively hemming them in. Forty seven seconds left. Morgan Riley whiffs on clearing the puck out of the zone. Braden Shen, bang, well, the Blues get a cycle going as a result of that. Braden Shen bangs it in to make it 2-2. After two periods, the Leafs out shooting the Blues 26-21, to but the game is all tied. Yeah, it was not Morgan's best night, man. I saw a great tweet on Twitter where someone was like, um, five bucks to the reporter who asked Riley about his hangover. Yeah, Morgan Riley, love the guy, but not his best night tonight. New, ooh, no way. 12.09 of the third period, Alex Petrangelo goes hard to the net, isn't picked up by Kasperi Kapanen, and he fires in a nice pass from Perron to make it 3-2 for, for the Blues. Ryan, things go from bad to worse for Kasperi Kapanen on this one. Yeah, just Mr. Man. And on my side of it, I I didn't like the goal on Freddie either. I know it was kind of like a bang, bang. It wasn't really bang, bang. Petra Angelo had the puck for a second, but I don't know what Freddie was doing on the ground looking for the Dom Hassett glove save. Like, it's like, dude, push off your post and square up to the guy. Like, what are you doing? I couldn't stand that. Like, sometimes forwards are going to miss their their men and unfortunately Casperi Kapanen's not playing well enough right now to miss his man in the defensive zone but like I was not a fan of that goal on Freddie either like why is he flopping around like get up dude like push off square up like you had the time I wonder if they did actually go out and have a time last night because Riley seemed a little out of it and Freddie like that's how Freddie uh, like appeared to me is he seemed like he was just not into it tonight. Well, it's just like, to me, the two Leaf goals, the the GOAT goal and the Nylander goal, like those were, those were like hard working. We had to work to get these goals. Some of the goals on Freddie tonight were like, man, that was, you could have, you could have made a play on that. Like those were just sh- shots that were, you could make a save on. Like there's no way Bennington stopping Nylander's goal. Like no way. Just too fast, too much speed. The passing was too crisp. When I look at the first goal and I look at the last goal, the blue score, I'm just like, dude, that that can't go in. I, I did not like those. Leafs get a few more quality chances after they pull the goalie, but to no avail, and they lose the game 3-2. to two. They outshoot the Blues 34-29, to 29, but the Leafs now move to 2-1-1 one, and one on the season. Not a... Not a Horrible start, but also not a great one. But I'm with you. I feel I feel okay after this loss tonight. I really like the way they played. I love I like their game a lot. Yeah, like two one and one. At least they're not zero and four. You know, like it's a they've gotten points three out of the four games. They've showed signs of things I've wanted to see, like more offensive zone time. Uh, I've seen even the defense getting the puck out. Like they're at least a little bit better than they were before, man. Like. Just little in things fairness, like that. In, in fairness, it's a garbage schedule. Like, they've played more games than everybody else. They start the season off with three games and four nights. That's that's garbage. Yeah, and, and when you're playing a team like the St. Louis Blues, I, I always got to remember this. Like, this isn't the National Football League. This isn't the NBA. Like, those teams that dominate in those leagues are 
expected to win games and win them regularly. Like the NHL is so different. Like when you're playing the defending cup champions and they're just two good teams going at it, like anyone can win that night. The good part about tonight is the Leafs had their chances. They showed some signs and I can live with that, even though I need Freddie to be a little bit better moving forward. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the show. If you like the show and want to support us, give us a follow on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate all your support. Thank you. Now, now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Ryan, I'd hate to make this the pick on Casperi Kapanen episode, but tonight after this loss against the St. Louis Blues, I think the Kapanen on the top line experiment has to end. Admittedly, I was someone who during the preseason was really excited about that and thought that Casperi Kapanen would thrive in that situation. He hasn't. It, I think I think he's brought the line down. Like Tavares doesn't have a goal yet. Marner was was brutal tonight against the... Like, I'm not blaming Kapanen for Mitch Marner. I didn't think Mitch Marner had a very good game tonight either. But I just feel like, you know, I'm the first one to get on Babs about anything and everything. But he said repeatedly about guys like Hyman. You know, the guys like playing with Hyman because he goes and gets them the puck. And I think part of the reason that line did so well last year is because they had the gritty style play of... Zach Hyman. So I think it's time. Apparently Hyman's going to be back by the end of the month. So I think for the next couple weeks, let's put Trevor Moore up there. Let's put uh, Mikheyev up there. It's Mikheyev, not Mikheyev. Yes. They specified that. Yes. Yes. They specified that. It is Mikheyev. Let's try Mikheyev up there. Something else because this Kapanen, he's he's not playing well, and I think he's dragging the rest of the line down. Your thoughts? Yeah, I well, he's playing his off wing, so that could affect him. Some guys can handle it better than others. Obviously, he isn't handling it very well. I just think that line, why Hyman fits so well in that line, is because it's just like Marner and Tavares. Marner's the wheeler and dealer. Tavares is the the Johnny on the spot, put the puck in the net, and Hyman's the go-get-it guy. And those three mixed together are perfect. Kasperi Kapanen is get the puck in the neutral zone, skate it through the neutral zone, make a play on the rush, use your speed. He has a good shot, so when he has a chance, he can take that. And I just think those, sometimes stylistically, when you have three guys like that on a line, it may not work. And that may be what it is right now. But it also could be... Casper Kapanen just struggling and not having a very good start to the season. Like you never know, but I just think, I think putting him on the third line, like he's not going to start playing better. Like maybe he'll get more chances on that line because but maybe it'll get him out of his own head. Right. Yeah. Like and he'll be, kinda, he'll be the number one head. option on that like, line too. Like that, that stupid penalty that he took on Saturday night where he threw a stick. If you watch that, he's doing that out of frustration. He's just he's just had enough. But I just because don't get he knows what, he's not like, playing well. I know he's not playing well, but like it's still way too early to be that frustrated, in my opinion. Like But he, I think he but if you look at it from his perspective, right, like he's destined for the third line, okay? Hyman's out. This is his chance to play on the first line and get those minutes and really establish himself and make a name for himself. And, and he has not that he ha- not that he hasn't all like already made a name for himself in his career, but just like elevate, take his game to the next level. Be like, I'm a top six forward, not a top nine forward. And he hasn't done that. He and, and like I said, people are talking about how the captain hasn't scored a goal yet, and they're blaming Casper Kapanen. Well, I'm gonna get to the captain later, but. Casper Kapanen, like, I, I I get being frustrated. He's not playing very well. It's not just the scoring. It's just all over the ice. He looks a little lost. But I, I to be throwing your stick at a frustration this early into the season, it's like, come on. Like, 
that that's a little much. I, I, I let's stop making these narratives through the media about why guys are doing things like why Tavares hasn't scored yet. It's well, it's must be on Kapanen. Like now the guy's just not playing very well. And maybe he just doesn't fit in on that line. Maybe he needs to go down to the third line and be the number one offensive option on that line. And maybe he'll succeed doing that. I think it will. I think it'll get him out of his own head, which I think is entirely his problem right now. Yeah, he's not. He's never going to be a 40-goal scorer. He's going to be a 20-goal scorer. And that's a really good year on the third line and maybe scoring a little bit on special teams, which I don't even know if he's – I don't think he's even on the second power play. Is he? Yeah, he is. Is he? Wow. Yeah. That second power play is a blur to me, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. I know. It, cause, Every cause time it just... comes on, it's just like, ah, I know they got to give it a shot, but like – you got to keep the first unit out there as much as possible. You're so invested in the first unit. Oh yeah. Although tonight, because he had a he had a um, a rough game, I wouldn't have minded giving um, Barry a few reps out there with the first unit. Yeah, Barry can I'm just yeah. on the Tyson Barry train, man. Yeah, he's him and Morgan Riley are so similar, man. They're so yeah. similar. Well, you alluded to it now, so you said that you were going to get to the captain later. So tell us, Ryan, what is it that you? No, like, to say like about? more later. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. for like a segment later. Yeah, like a segment thing. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Tease, tease. There's a hook to stay around. Yes. All right. Well, then we'll move on to this because I wanted to ask you this, former defenseman. You understand the defensive side of the game. What is going on with the Leafs in the defensive zone, Ryan? I watch, and there's still just a fire drill. Like, there's lots of standing. There's no structure. Like, Dave Haxtell has this work cut out for him, man. And I don't know. I'm at the point after what happened on Saturday where I'm kind of sitting just having this, like, dilemma where I'm like, do I need to just accept that this team is constructed in such a way that they're never going to be good defensively but they're it, always going to be a fire drill did, defensively but the thing the funny thing about that is though is it hasn't it always been like that like not just for this babcock era like for all the years we've been watching this hockey team like they've always been a kind of a fire drill on their own end yeah it's just like it's so frustrating to watch like the three st louis go- goals tonight were well except for the the first one where Freddie was really soft but like the Petra Angelo one in particular like I know that you got on Freddie for going down too early but it's like there's Kapanen and not picking up like wide open Alex Petra Angelo just, just going yeah, to the it's not net. just on the D man like some of the forwards have to be held accountable for the play in their own end too Well Ryan no that's what I'm getting yeah. at the forwards are like I'm not talking about the six guys back there okay I'm talking about team defense like they what like whether it's structure with the breakout this the Leafs are at their best when they can get you the opponent to turn the puck over in the neutral zone and they can go the other way if you're like if I'm a coach and I'm game planning for them I'm literally doing the old dump the puck in and go get it because this team can't break it out of their own zone effectively well you just watch the Blues tonight and then you watch the Bruins. Like, it just seems like these hockey teams are so much better at forward checking than the Maple Leafs forwards, too. Like, they at least are doing a better job. But, like, you watch the Blues tonight. Like, if I'm a defenseman on the Leafs, like, it's hard to come back and make a great pass below your goal line when the guy's barreling down on you and he's about half a second away from you when you touch the puck. Like, you can't exactly make a grade A outlet pass when you got Ryan O'Reilly barreling down on you. Like you have to throw it up the boards and that's where your forwards have to be in their spot to have a chance to win a puck battle to get the puck out. Like there's giveaways, there's pizzas up the middle where you have time, you just make a bad decision. But there's some times where Riley's going back and he has half a second to make a play with the puck and it's sometimes like, you have to throw it up the the wall, and sometimes your guy's not going to be there, and the Blues guy's going to be there, and that makes the D look bad. But I, I think the forwards always have to do a better job of getting back and supporting the D because I I've been in a situ been in those situations where it's like you can't make a great play when a guy's about to hammer you. Just for clarity, do you have to throw it up the whole wall or the half wall? The half wall, <laughs> or ring it around your net. 
the half wall. Just if you're gonna throw it away, do it with some authority. Don't don't just like shovel it. Well, your comment about the forechecking of the other team brings me to my next point that I wanted to discuss before we move into bums and beauties, and that is that on Saturday night during Coach's Corner, Don Cherry, who and we all know Grapes' best days are behind him. He's he's a bit of a senile old man now, and by a bit of a senile old man, I mean he's an extremely senile old man. But he did bring up a point, a polarizing topic within the fan base, which is the Leafs' team toughness. And he said they won't win a Stanley Cup as currently constructed because they're not tough enough. And you just alluded to the Blues being so aggressive on the forecheck. And I think people sometimes, when they think toughness, think fights. And guys like Milan Lucic or something like that. And my opinion of toughness is exactly what you just said set of the St. Louis Blues just so aggressive in your face on the forecheck not always so concerned with the finesse plays so where are you at on Don Cherry's comments I'm I'm just looking at it as a whole like if you thinking about that comment and thinking about the two teams that played tonight you just look how the two teams are constructed you have the Toronto Maple Leafs who pay four top skilled superstars to score goals and provide points. And everyone else just kind of has to fill in the gaps. You look at the St. Louis Blues. Every It seems like every guy on their team is just a good hockey player and does their role and it's commits to a team concept and there's no egos. They got a great blue line, a good captain. It's like the Leafs might be a great team, but maybe the way they're just constructed with all these guys at the top compared to just the Blues having a bunch of good pros who forecheck and work hard and also have the skill to put it away when they have to. Like, it just, to me, the team toughness is just the way the team is constructed in general. 100,000% agree. I think the toughness thing is just a waste of time argument because this management group has zigged when everyone else has zagged. Yeah, like they, they just it's not it's not I, to me Cherry like my problem with Don Cherry is I'm so tired of watching a Leaf broadcast but having a Bruin talk in between the first and second period. Well, he he also gets himself into trouble where he goes um they they need to be tougher and then says they don't have enough Canadians. It's like, okay. Yeah, like right. I think like, I'm not going to Cherry's a legend, but it's just, I, I'm getting a little sick of the, like, let's get a little Homer on the broadcast. Like, I'm tired of having a Bruin talk in between the first and second intermission for my entire life. And Ryan, that there are non, if, if there are any non-Leaf fans who are listening to this podcast for whatever reason, and they just heard you say that they, you want Hockey Night in Canada to get a little more Homer, they're, they're throwing things at their I'm not talking about like Joe Bowen Homer, but like I've never heard Cherry. Like it's just, it's just the fact that he's a Bruin. And to me, when he says team toughness, I think he means what you don't mean. I think he means drop the gloves. Oh yeah. No, well that's not happening and forget. And again, let's, let's get back to the original point here. This team is built to be, to out, out skill you. That's how they're built. They're built with a philosophy, whether you agree with it or not, they're built with the philosophy that we don't need to be tough because while you're running around trying to hit us, we have the puck and we're going to score goals. That is the way this team is built. It's very new school thinking. And I'm not chirping it. I actually kind of like that they're trying something different. And you know what? When it works, it really works. We talked about in the St. Louis game tonight where they had their big five on the ice and they were dominating, dominating. Yeah. The, and to, the defending Stanley Cup champions are running all over the ice and are forced to take a penalty because they can't keep up. So that right there, if you watched the game tonight and you watched that stretch of play, I know they didn't score a goal during that stretch of play, but if you watch that stretch, that is Kyle Dubas's vision right there. But the problem with that is tonight they had those chances, but they're the type of hockey team where it's like if they don't, capital like every team has to capitalize on their chances but they're not good they'll never be good enough defensively and never be tough enough to just stick out like 
a two nothing one zip game. Like they have to score on their chances. And tonight they there was a ton they could have had five goals tonight. That's how many good opportunities they have. And they didn't. And look what happened. Like they that's just a good they, point. there was a and tough that's the team argument. Yeah, there was a tough team absolutely across the across the the ice who was just they could gut it out. They can gut it out if they're not down. And you know what? Right. Screw it. I want a homer on the broadcast. I don't oh, care. Ryan, this Ryan, there. Come on. There are, peop- yeah, there are people who are whatever. We're the center of the universe. I'm sorry. Well, we're, we're, well that's the thing, right? It's like it's like. No, I don't see. People- I don't see anyone else on Hockey Night in Canada. The Hockey Night in Canada is based around one hockey team. I need to see a homer on that broadcast. I don't care. And that's all. And I, and, and they're the only team that moves the needle. Yeah. Sorry to tell yeah. you. They're they they're literally the. The, the clock that ticks the NHL. Like they, they're the ticking hand on the clock of the NHL. All right, Ryan, it's time to move into it. You cue us up for the segment. Bum and beauty. Hit the music. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. Ryan, I went first last week. You're going first this week. Who is your beauty of the week? My beauty of the week is Austin Matthews. Oh, third star of the week in the NHL. Yeah, dude. It's just like, I don't care what he's doing shift to shift because every goal he scores seems important and it's electric. And I love the incorporation of the one-timer. I still don't think it's the greatest one-timer on planet Earth, but at least he's trying it every game. It's not just he he misses one and it's not that great, so he's just going to go back to the same old wrist shot. Like, I saw him take two or three tonight, and they both looked pretty good. So I'm enjoying the hell out of our franchise player playing like a franchise player. But before I move to you, they showed the stat today. And he's Mr. October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, they did. But guess what, man? I need you to be Mr. April. I really don't care about you being Ryan, Mr. October. I need you to be Mr. April, May, April, May, and June. Exactly. Like, I don't I don't That's need to, need. like, I know what you're doing in October is great and you start well. But to me, it's like, it just shows that he runs out of gas. Like, we need you to be Mr. Spring, not Mr. Fall. Like, but... Other than that, hell of a start, and he's just electric, dude. I'm enjoying him so far this season. Ryan, my beauty of the week is William Nylander. Oh, boy. I don't think that happened once last year. I'm buying into the zone entries. I'm bought in. Every time that dude comes over the opposing team's blue line, the rest of the team comes with him, and they get some sort of offensive chance out of it. He got the big goal. He got a big goal on Saturday night against the Montreal Canadiens, and I thought tonight I thought he was outstanding tonight. He was he was the best Leaf on the ice tonight. It was his best game that he's played since like before last season when he missed half the year. He was excellent yeah. last night, and everybody within the sound of my voice, I'm here to tell you that I'm buying into the zone entries. Because oh, it's legit. It's legit. Well, when he, it's legit when, he, when he's actually like going to do something with the puck. It's not legit when he turns at the hash marks and gives it away. Well, when he plays like he did, like you said earlier, the difference in his play when he scores. I just think he looks like he's got an extra step. Like he's not starting late. He's not over in Sweden for three months doing nothing before getting signed. Like he's had a whole summer. He had no excuses. The spotlight's not really on him as much, and I just think he's got an extra step. I still want to see him. He's still got a lot to prove to me, though. I'm still not sold. He's already played better in four games this year than he did all last year. Yeah, I'll give you that one. So that's a good sign. And they've put him with Matthews, and and hopefully this year Babs doesn't screw around with it, which I don't think he's going to, and just leave him there and let the two of them work together because they both had really good starts to the season. 
All right, bum of the week. I'm going to go first and get mine out of the way because I'm going with the obvious choice. Kasperi Kapanen, we talked about him earlier. The experiment with him on the top line has to end. I was wrong. I thought he'd be a good fit there. He hasn't been. I think he's affecting the rest of the line. Kasperi Kapanen, bum of the week. All righty. Bum of the week. The captain. Oh. oh. The captain, man. I knew man. that's what you were going to say. I'm not impressed, man. I don't know if I, I agree sorry. with you on this. I'm not I impressed. Know, I don't know if I agree with you. You on can this. go for the the Nick Shores, the Nick Batans, the Marty Marinsons, but guy was named captain, gets paid a hell of a lot of money, and most of the time I find him very invisible. I don't agree. I I I, I don't just agree, think he's Ryan. one of the slowest players on the ice. Like it's just. Yeah. I think he's overrated. Like, oh, okay. I think he's oh, overrated, man. Like, the guy oh, okay. can score, no doubt. He's going to have 30-plus goals. You're getting off the rails. You're getting a little Skip Bayless I, on the show Yeah, right but, now. dude, it's just, I'm... When you watch games for guys who are top-rated hockey players, they do, they put out this NHL top 50, every site, every Canadian network, NHL network, they all do their top 50. And you look at some of the guys on those lists... And you like Brad Marchand, top guy on all those lists. Even though I want to punch the guy in the face, that guy dominates hockey games. Like when you watch him play, he dominates hockey games. John Tavares does not dominate hockey games. Well, his best, his his, and this is why. Like, if you want to go on a whole other tangent about signing him to seven years or whatever, even though you would have never got him unless you gave him that term, he's. He's not a spring chicken anymore. No, right? he's but twenty nine years old. I, you're a senior citizen in the NHL. When I know. You're 29. I just. I just. I don't know. Like I think his I days have to, of dominating are behind him. I his, have to take he, my expectation down a notch for the guy. But I just I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. His he had such a great year last year because the chemistry between him, Marner, and Kapanen is perfect because of the different roles all three of them play. Yeah, but he's got to create and, for himself, man. Like he can't always rely on Mitchie to set him up. Like he's but it's got to be a good enough hockey player to create for himself. Like I just all all agree with you that he hasn't played his best. I find him so invisible but shift to shift unless he's right I, in front of the net. Like I don't notice him. He's never in the play. He's always behind. I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking opposing stance and I'm saying that Kapanen's bringing that line down. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, Johnny's been amazing. He hasn't. I don't think Marner's been that good either. He got the nice goal. No, Marner's not against, been great either. Uh, against Columbus the other but night. At least, but but like, the thing, the thing about Marner, I know he's a younger guy and he's got a different game than Johnny, but like, Marner still like dangles with the puck and like is going around guys like Johnny's just like he always looks like he's a step behind and I'm just I I love I hate it because I love the guy and I respect him and I'm happy he's the captain and I know next week if he scores three goals before next episode I'll eat my words happily but I just I'm seeing a guy who's just a step behind right now and he needs to be better because he doesn't have the luxury to not be good. Like he has to be good to me. Like he has to be I, good. That's my I expectation that for him. They need to get they need to get Kapanen off that line. They need to do a reset and just get back out there and play the way they can play and everybody get back on the same page. Because right now, the way William Nylander's playing, Tavares, Marner, and Kapanen are the Leafs' number two line. I don't care what Bab says on his depth chart. To my eyes, yeah, it's one A, one B, man. I, yeah, I don't really Nylander see. And Matthews, it's one A, one well. B. They're the top line. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's a one A, one B situation. We rarely disagree, but I don't. I don't totally disagree with you in the sense that, like, I don't think that he's played like well, and you're just like out of your mind. But I also think that. They're completely out of whack with Kapanen on that line, and he's he's just screwing up the mojo. And even for himself, like we talked about, it, he's got to get back down on the third line and get his head right because right now he can't be up playing these types of minutes, throwing sticks at people. Yeah, Johnny also just has to start creating for himself. I like he was red hot last year, started the season. 
Red hot. He's got he's got to get the puck down low and get the cycle game going. He's got to find a That's way. That's where to, he's at his best is when he yeah. is down low doing that. But like, yeah, I find it very rare that the, he did it tonight a couple of times. Like I thought tonight he was okay. I thought early in the game he was really good, and then ha- the second half of the game I found him. I didn't know where he was. He was nowhere. So I I just want him to be better. I I, I we talk about this every week for the bum and beauty. For people who've never listened before, it's it's easy to take the Marinsons of the world, but sometimes you got to stand and make a tough decision and go after one of the big boys, especially a guy who is as respected as John Tavares. So that's what I'm doing tonight. I got to go after him. In that same sort of vein, I'd like to do a special shout out tonight to Alex Kerfoot. I kind of called him out last week about being sort of out of sync and not looking right. And I thought he, in the Saturday night game, and then again tonight, I thought he was excellent. And he's really setting in, settling into that third-line role nicely. So shout out Alex Kerfoot on working your way out of bum status. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been decent. All right, Ryan, Thursday night, the Tampa Bay Lightning are at Scotiabank Arena. Are you surprised if at the end of that game they're 2-2-1? Two, two, and one? No, I. but you know what? Can I be honest? I'm okay at this point in the season with them losing games if they play like they played tonight. It's still early in the season. So you, you believe in a year? good loss? I believe in a good loss this early in the season, yes. Because the St. Louis Blues proved last year that you can be in last place in the league in January oh, yeah. and still win the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. Cup. If there's any league where you can... Dude, no one is going... Like, what the Lightning did last year was pretty rare. But, like, other than and, that, this league is just, like, ridiculously... Like, the parody is out of this world. Like, it, anyone can beat anyone any night, and you can... We take it personally because we watch it every single game. In one game, we might think the Leafs are the worst team in the league. But like tonight, like we like you said, we got to hold our horses a little bit because they played a really good hockey game against a really good team. Yeah, uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like we're still like we're in single digit games of the season. So if they want to go out and lose a game but play well, I'm okay with that at this point. What did this team do last year? They racked up a bunch of wins in the first few months while everyone else was playing shinny and waiting for the new year to actually get their legs going and get geared up into playoff hockey. And they stunk down the stretch. They're a 500 they, hockey team. And because they banked a bunch of points in the first few months of the season they were able to still make the playoffs so I'd rather them take a few licks right now get your head on straight realize that you got to play a more structured defensive game realize to your point that you got to capitalize on your chances when you have them and then when we get into January February let's get rolling we know how to play the right way every single day well hopefully Hopefully, I, I, I'm expecting like this team, like I know what you just said, he laid everything out, but I like this team needs to be in a top two spot in this division. Like that's my expectation for this hockey team by the end of the year. That is like, I'm not, I'm not doing this third seed wild card crap. Like I need them to be a top two seed in their division. Like that is the lightning, the lightning are one, one and one right now. Yeah, and the Carolina Hurricanes are three and zero, so it's like you can't right, take anything right. too seriously right now. Jake Gardner with the OT winner the other night. Yeah, the Carolina and, Hurricanes, and the Bruins are two and zero. Surprise! The Buffalo Sabers and their beautiful white and gold unis are sitting in second place at two zero and one. Yeah, like it's just it's early, but it's it's you know I don't I don't want to get too high too low, but I want to see some guys start playing a lot a lot better. Saturday night, they're in Detroit to face the Detroit Red Wings. And then next week, Monday, Tuesday, Minnesota Wild. Like, again, look at this. So, Saturday night against the Red Wings. Tuesday, at home against the Minnesota Wild. Wednesday, in Washington against the Capitals. Like, what the hell is this? Do any other teams in the league have this many back-to-backs two weeks into the season? Well, you get them out of the way early, though. Yeah, I guess yeah. Get him out. You know of how I feel about that Leafs right wild back. wild game next week. 
Yeah, I know that's uh, yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe the let's do next week's hockey team in the league. Yeah, yeah. Maybe let's do next week's show on Wednesday after the Capitals game because we'll probably be way more fired up after watching that one. Yeah, any game against the Wild. Ugh. Ugh. No. I think we'll that'll do it for this week's episode, Ryan. I just want to say one thing to everyone who listens to us. We love the support you give us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. If you have the time or if you're feeling so inclined, please go on iTunes and write a review if you can. It helps with the algorithm, helps uh, our show get recommended to other people so we can grow the show and gain some new listeners. It's it, it really It really does help. I know it's kind of annoying and no one wants to open their app and go in and do it. I get it. I don't necessarily do it all the time either, but it, it really does help. So, Two minutes of your life to do that would mean the world to us. Again, thank you for downloading every week, and we really appreciate the support. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.